Some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. While some say he's on a journey. It's the journey. And here's your host, David Hackett. We join a 57-year-old who lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, Columbia in Canada. They are self-published author of over 80 novels, and we will talk about their books. We will check what more about them. And if you go to YouTube and enter this person's name, you can check out some of the podcasts they've written on as well as this one, no doubt. They have around 5,000 Facebook friends and then hundreds of Facebook groups. And his Facebook group is called Johnny's Way. And he has over 500 members in there. And if you do go Facebook, look it up, Johnny's Way, J-O-H-N-N-Y-S. So we welcome John to the journey. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on. That was a great introduction. Thank you so much. No worries. And as I can tell, you're in... A cafe or something because I can yeah. or also so that's another little feature I'm in a Starbucks uh, about a block away from where I live I feel like I spend half my life here <laughs> the Starbucks yeah. is one of the coffees that you can drink anytime especially if you'd like Starbucks coffee but obviously I know there's other coffee brands out there so I've got to keep it neutral so <laughs> um journeys begin somewhere you, we talked upon it. You've been a self-published author and been on YouTube. Where does your earliest memory of you being you start? Okay. Well, I always felt that I was meant to do something creative with my life. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a comic book artist. I was a huge comic book nerd and a voracious comic book reader. I had a huge collection of Marvel and DC comics. Things to draw every day for three or four hours. And I don't know what happened, but when I was about 12, I gave it up. I guess I decided I wanted to hang out with my friends. And then after high school, I really didn't have a, a, a good specific idea of what I wanted to do with my life. Other than writing was sort of in the back of my mind. I tried acting for a couple of years. Uh, there was a show uh, in the late 60s called The Big Valley. And one, I, don't, I don't know if you ever heard of it, but one of the stars of that show, Peter Breck, he came to Vancouver and he started an acting school called the Breck Academy. So I walked past this place one day, I was about 23, 24 years old, and I started taking acting classes. And I got to, I don't mean to name drop, but I got to meet Richard Dreyfuss. He came to the school one day. He was filming Stakeout in Vancouver with Emilio Estevez. And I got to meet uh, Gene Hackman. He came to the school one day. He was filming uh, Narrow Margin back in the day. And I was an extra in Rocky IV. That was a very exciting experience. You don't actually see me in the movie, but uh, there was an open casting call, and I went for one day and got to see Stallone and Dolph Lindgren took it out in the ring. And I was going for it. You know, I had an agent, and I was going to auditions, and I was even doing some writing back then, too. I was writing scenes and monologues for myself, and very often the casting directors would say, well, I've never heard that monologue before. Because I guess a lot of actors back then were just taking monologues out of plays or screenplays, and not very many actors were doing what I was doing, which was writing my own. So they always seemed to be impressed by that, or at least they seemed to be. And what happened was, and I don't mean to gross you or any of your listeners out, I'm just sharing my story. I developed psoriasis. You know what that is? It's a skin uh, malcondition. Yeah. And um, I've always, my skin has always been very, very dry. And it just got exponentially uh, worse and worse as I went from childhood to my early 20s. 
And of course, my diet wasn't helping. I'm a recovering sugar holic. I used to be very overweight. I used to weigh anywhere from 235 to 250 pounds. And just stressing out over every little thing and having a very low opinion of myself and kind of going through life with a half glass of water being half empty as opposed to half full. And I'd read a lot of self-help books and I was in therapy for a year and I found that all to be very beneficial up to a point. But my life up until 2019, I consider myself to be very much a late bloomer in life. And I always tell people it's better to be a late bloomer than a never bloomer. Um, back in 2019, I kind of felt like I hit a wall in my life. My inner monologue was like, gosh, you know, I've got all this information in my head about how to manifest, about how to align myself with the John Lyster that I feel I was always meant to be a creator as opposed to a service provider, which I'm still doing. I still have my day job as a security guard, which I've been doing for 35 years, hmm. believe it or not. So what I did was three years ago, and I'm not pushy or preachy about this stuff. I respect other people's beliefs. I'm just sharing what, what has worked for me, what, is, what changed my life. What changed my life is that I took a leap of faith, and I decided to reach out to God. And I came home from work one day, and I was feeling very depressed. And I just said, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if I'm talking to myself right now. I've heard about you my whole, whole life. I've always thought of myself as something as a quasi-believer, because at the end of the day, none of us really knows. It's the unknown. It's the hypothetical. But I said, you know what? I think that I'm the kind of person who tries a little bit harder when I have it in my mind's eye that someone who loves me and accepts me for who I am unconditionally and is rooting for me to at least try to at least take a few baby steps and to do it in a way that is consistent and that is meaningful. And so I started talking to God every day, almost like he was my therapist or like he was a bartender. And I just unloaded on a lot of stuff. And very quickly, I began to feel a sense of uh, decompression. In other words, I felt uh, for the first time in my life, a true sense of self-acceptance. And I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you know, John, what you were always meant to be, what you always have loved your whole life with stories. You spent your whole life reading books and comic books and watching a million movies and a million TV shows. And you've always had it in your mind's eye that you could be one of those people, you know, written by John Lester, based on the novel by John Lester. So just to backpedal a little bit, around 2005, I had written a bunch of uh, short stories at work. I was just at work one day and I was bored and I just stimulated. And I didn't even think about self-publishing back then. I didn't even know what Amazon was back then. I just wrote them for my own amusement. And what happened was I created this character called Lee Hacklin. There he goes, shamelessly plugging his product, plug, plug, plug. He's a private investigator, and he's a good guy. And most of the stories take place during the 70s and the 80s because I don't want to deal with the woke uh, snowflake culture. I don't want to have Lee, you know, investigating uh, a kidnapped kid by having to go online. And like I said, I just wrote these stories for my own amusement, and then I printed them off, and then I stuffed them in my bedroom where they yellowed and the pages curled, and they just collected dust until 2019, uh, the, the day that I had what I believe to be for real, and it might sound completely bonkers to some people, and I get that if you're a very empirically minded person, but I believe that I had a divine experience. And I believe that God kind of patted me on the head and said, there, there, John, you know, you're 53, you're not 103, you've always wanted to be a writer, you know, why don't you dig out those stories and have a look at them? And I did, and I don't know if you do need creative writing, David, but it was the first time, because I always have kind of sporadically tried to write something, like tried to write a novel or tried to write a screenplay here and there. But the stuff that I wrote as a young man was very cringeworthy. Hmm. I read these stories and I thought, gosh, you know, these are not great literature, 
But I'm having fun reading them, and I really like this guy, Lee Hackman, probably because basically he's me. He's an idealized version of myself, which I think is something that a lot of writers do. I think that's what Ian Fleming did when he created James Bond, or Tom Clancy when he created Jack Ryan. And so I cobbled them together, and they became my first book, which is a collection of short stories called, here we go, The Collected Cases of Lee Hackman, 1970s Private Investigator, Book One. And it was for me, because I'm not a very technologically savvy guy. I don't know how old you are, but, but I was alive. At a, I, was, I was born in 1965. I was alive at a time when none of this stuff existed. So for me, it was a tremendous uphill battle to get that first book posted. I mean, I had it in my mind's eye, three clicks of a mouse, and boom, I'm a self-published author. It wasn't like that. There were a lot of pickups along the way. For example, was basically Amazon was rejecting my banking information. And then I would go to the bank and they'd say, no, 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 it's the right information. So I was going in circles, losing my mind like Daffy Duck. If I didn't have God in my life, if I had not taken this leap of faith in a parallel timeline, if there's such a thing as parallel, based on your background there, I have a feeling that you like science fiction. <laughs> you know, parallel universes and, and alternate timelines. If there was an alternate timeline where I, where I did this in 2019 and I didn't have God in my life, I see God as kind of like Big Brother from 1984, but in a good way, in a loving, positive, cheering way, like Yoda and Luke Skywalker's rucksack. If I didn't have that in my mind, I, again, not to be overly self-denigrating, because who I was back then wasn't such a horrible guy. I just wasn't a guy who, who if, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. More like try something a couple of times if it doesn't work out you know, screw it, you know, back to the couch, you know, back to just pounding down junk food every day and just sitting in front of a screen and watching other people's stories, which I did for a good part of 35 years. Yeah. But because I had God in my mind, I stuck with it. And after about a month <laughs> of going to the library every day after work or on my days off and getting tremendous help from library staff. And this is an important life lesson, I think, especially for men. And I don't want to stereotype. But, you know, we men, we're not great on asking people for help, I think. I think we like to, you know, we want to do everything by ourselves, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to put your ego on the shelf, like I did today when I, you know, when I bought these headphones. I never used these headphones, you know, Bluetooth. I never used Bluetooth before. You know, we have to put our egos on the shelf and ask people to help us and to be patient. And so, as I said, after about a month, when I finally saw on the screen, your book has been published. The, the feeling of elation I had was just indescribable. It was like for me, like I didn't do anything grandiose necessarily, but for once in my life, I actually started something and there were hiccups and variables and potholes and speed bumps along the way. And I actually crossed the finish line. Have you seen the movie Billy Elliot? Mm. Have you seen that movie? Okay. So do you remember the scene where Billy's dad takes him to the ballet school in London? And the audition is asked about Billy, how do you feel when you dance? Because I feel like electricity. And that's how I felt when I, first, when I posted that first book. And I certainly didn't have it in my mind's eye three years later, and now it's 2023. And I have pretty, I think it's, I've actually lost count. It's getting up to 100. It's between 90 and 100. Now, granted, some of them are not very long. Some of them are really um, glorified short stories. But I feel like the story is as long as it, it needs to be. You know, Oscar Wilde said, brevity is the soul of wit. I've discovered over the last three years that not necessarily, I don't want to say discovered. Let me backtrack a little bit. I've embraced that this is what I was meant to do with my life. I can't fix a car. I can't shingle a roof. I mean, I could if somebody had the patience to teach me, but this is, you know, everybody's got at least one thing that they want to do, and this is it, and I've been doing it. And, and this is another important point I feel, David. I've discovered, here's the discovery part. I've discovered that I don't have to will myself 
to do it. That for me, writing is as natural as eating, sleeping, and breathing. And I'm at a point in my life now, and I'm not saying this to brag or to beat my chest. Again, I'm just sharing my story. What has changed about me now since before 2019, where I was a couch potato much of the time, I discovered that I can't go to bed. I literally can't go to bed unless I crank out at least a couple of pages in my dollar store duo thing. Mm. To do that would be akin to going to bed without brushing a cloth to my teeth or going to work tomorrow morning without taking a shower first. You know, that's not going to happen. And again, I feel like that's another important life lesson too. Sometimes the hardest part is just getting started, right? And and to have, have it in your mind's eye, I say that a lot, that there's going to be hiccups along the way. There's going to be little little uh, uh, potholes, and the, the temptation to give up, you know, will be omnipresent. But if you have a philosophy, and if, you know, if you don't believe in God, then you just pick another philosophy. Philosophy, but you have to have a kind of, again, this is just my opinion. You have to have a kind of default position in your mind so that you can ground yourself when things go awry in our lives, whether it's trying to manifest your dreams or anything for that matter. Because life is hard for all of us sometimes. Mm. And I think that if we, and you, if you disagree with me, that's fine. But if you don't have a philosophy, then I think that the stress and the anxiety and, and overreacting to things that happen in our lives that are, that are not, you know, making mountains out of molehills, I think that that, that that level of stress and anxiety escalates. And so when we feel that way, I think that the, the temptations of life that lead us astray become more alluring. In my case, it was just pounding down junk food every day. It's a wonder I'm still alive. It's a wonder I didn't give myself type 2 diabetes. And just, and just plonking myself down on the couch and being a couch potato, or in more severe cases, you know, some people become addicted to alcohol and drugs, very dangerous drugs. You know, why do they do that? Why do, why do we do these kinds of nutty self-destructive things? We do it because we're suffering. We're in pain, and we're in emotional pain, and we're, for whatever reason, maybe we're abused as children in some cases, which I think is very often the case, particularly when it comes to drug, drug addiction. And so we're looking for something that's going to, you know, get us out of that lousy feeling and, and produce a feeling of euphoria for the short term, even though we know in the long term that, that it may in fact take decades off of our lives. So the difference between my life now and who I was back in 2019 is that I don't have a struggle in my mind anymore. I, at least let's say 90%. Because, you know, we still have our, our, our off days once in a while. But let's say 90%. I don't have the angst that I had before 2019. I was living my life in a state of one step forward, two steps back. Now I feel like I'm living in a, just in a state of one step forward. And my dream, my, my ultimate dream, the bell that I want to ring is the bell of meeting my Alan Ladd Jr. And he was the Fox exec- executive who greenlit Star Wars back in, you know, the original Star Wars back in 1974, 1975, when George Lucas was trying to sell that movie and nobody was fighting. Everybody told everybody told Giorgio, nobody wants to see your silly little space movie. You know, these movies are done. You know, nobody wants to see, you know, Jedi Knights and all this stuff. Well, guess what? The movie finally got made. Alan Ladd Jr., bless his heart, he passed away recently. He rolled the dice and he came at He said, here, George, here you go. Here's $8 million. You know, go make your stupid space movie that nobody wants to see and it's probably going to cost me my job. And lo and behold, it became, you know, the most successful movie of all time, at least up to that point. So... 
I feel like if you're a writer and, and, and you're trying to manifest, just do it because you love to do it, but also have it in your mind's eye that, that really all you need to do is connect with that one person who believes in what you're doing as much as you do and is willing to roll the dice. And that's what I want. I want to see my book, you know, as, uh, as movies or, or streaming series or graphic novels or video games. That's what I want, the whole shebang. And like I said, if that, if that never happens, if that dream doesn't quite manifest, then at least I'm on the path. And I think that's the most important thing. We, we, all of us as individuals, we all need to be on the right, the path of our lives that's right for us. And when we're not, we suffer. Yeah. And other people suffer too. That, that, those feelings, the feelings that we have, they, they emanate all around us. And the feelings of other people affect us too. Um, are you familiar with the philosopher named Stuart Wilde? Yeah. Who that is? He was, uh, you know him. Oh, good. Oh, that makes me very happy because not very many people do. I mean, I'm, I'm elated to hear that. <laughs> so he made two videos in the 80s called um, In Search of the Super Self. And the other one is called Mastery of Money. I recommend both those videos. They're on my group page. As you said, I have a group page called Johnny's Way. It's actually close to 600 members now. And he talked about how you can walk into a supermarket, as an example, and feeling super elated. You're in a good mood. You're gonna, you know, you're getting your groceries and you're gonna go home and you're gonna cook a nice dinner for your family. Well, 20 minutes later, you're putting your groceries into your car and suddenly you're crabby as hell. What happened? What happened was you absorbed all the negativity of all, of all the people around you. And I think that those of us who want to manifest, who want to create, who want to reach beyond our grasp, we kind of have to go through life like, like we're the Starship Enterprise and the shields are up all the time. And we just open the shield for people like yourself who are positive, who, who are who are rooting for you as much as you're rooting for them to achieve whatever it is that they're trying to achieve with their lives and, and withdraw or, or even just completely disengage from any negative aspect of your life. And that includes people. And that might may even include loved ones. You know, I was in a social setting last year where someone that I really love and care about actually said to me, don't talk about your book. And so I've, I've withdrawn from that person because I just don't want that negativity in my life. I want to feel free to express myself however I want to. And I want people around me to feel the same way. Those feelings are reciprocated 100%. So that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, very good nutshell. And it's just amazing, you know, how you've come from where you were to where you are now. Because obviously in the journey everyone has different peaks and as you call it and as I, I call it as well because it's loads of junctions so it's about adapting to those situations as they come along yeah so um where would you apart from your books you've written do you ever see yourself doing more than the books into the movies would you want to do more than you are or you're happy as you are you find your level now well uh i would say yes to both questions but i absolutely believe that my stories have a potential to be translated to other forms of media and i think that they're my stories are essentially what i'm writing is pulp fiction they're good guys and bad guys. They're old school. They're the kinds of stories that, that you might have liked as a kid. And I feel like in today's culture, and I'm not very up on current content because I'm not watching any shows. I, I've seen maybe five movies this year. But my perception is that a lot of the, the, the entertainment that's being created today is, is somewhat snowflake driven, somewhat woke, 
somewhat preachy, and that's not what my stories are. My stories are about good people who have good morals. They're not perfect. They have flaws. They encounter horrible people, and, and, and good always triumphs over evil. And I just feel like that there, there is a specific audience for my stories, maybe an older audience or even a younger, anybody, but even a younger audience who is maybe tired of being, you know, preached to by the politically correct aspect uh, of Hollywood. Mm. But in the meantime, I mean, you know, every time I open my notebook and I, I start writing, I make myself laugh. Sometimes I make myself cry. I always have a sense of discovery. Like I've, I've been on other podcasts. Uh, where the hosts were also writers. And one, one guy told me that he plots everything out in advance. You know, he makes like little little cards and whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, whatever, whatever works for you. You do whatever works for you. But for me, that takes all the fun out of writing. I start, like people ask me what quote unquote writing process. I, you know, I basically start with a general idea of a story. And, and then I just open my notebook and I just start scribbling away. When I was in high school, um, I had a teacher, the late great Mr. Henderson. He had us do an exercise called speed writing. Have you ever heard of that? Mm. Speed writing. You folks, you know what that is. Okay, so yeah. maybe some of your listeners don't know. What it is basically, he would write, he would write on the blackboard, I was walking home from school, dot, dot, dot. And then he had a stopwatch, and, and he, you know, for five minutes, everyone in class had to write nonstop for five minutes. And of course, some of us came up with some really you know, crazy, wild, imaginative, and, and some funny scenarios. And I'm so glad that I had that that sense of memory because basically that's the way I write. I mean, I'm usually able to crank out anywhere from two to, I'd say two pages when I, on the days that I'm working. I'm still working full-time as a security guard. And then on my days off, maybe four to five pages. And the words just can't come out of me fast enough. And very often I, I, I come home and I can't, can't even read my own writing, So I, you know, which is kind of annoying sometimes. So again, I think it's, I think it's the most important life lesson. Some of us, I mean, look, some of us come into this world when we're very young and we know exactly what we want out of life. You know, I had a friend who knew his whole life that he wanted to be an engineer. His dad was an engineer and he always told me he wanted to be an engineer. And so after high school, he went to university and guess what? He got his degree in engineering and he became super successful. And then there are people like myself, like I said, who are late bloomers, who are just sort of bouncing around and sort of uh, uh, avoiding sometimes what's right in front of us and, and allowing ourselves to be distracted by uh, negative external forces. And again, in today's, you know, I feel sorry for young people today because there are, there are a ton of distractions, you know, Oculus and, and the internet and, and Netflix and video games. And of course, all of that stuff is fun, but we have to keep it in moderation, right? We have to be disciplined because otherwise, whatever is going on in our minds that, that we want to create, you know, there's a risk that it's, that it's going to die with us. You know, somewhere in the world, there's a guy who's 120 years old and he's plugged into a machine and he's on his last day and a really cool idea is going to die with him. Well, I'm happy to say that I'm not that guy. My stuff is out there and I'm going to keep cranking out these books until my very last day. One of my favorite novelists, Herman Wouk, uh, he wrote his last novel when he was 100 years old. You know, you just you just have to do. You know, you have to trust your. You kind of like kind of like uh, what they said in Star Wars. You know, trust your instinct. And if you look, any of this, you know, I tried stand up comedy. There's a bar about a block away from here, and they have open mic. And I tried stand up comedy four times, and I discovered that 
standing on stage and having all these faces looking up at me and expecting me to make them laugh every 10 seconds wasn't a good fit for me. And I think this is another important life lesson, David. There's a huge difference between quitting and discovering. I tried stand-up comedy and I discovered that it wasn't a good fit for me. I tried writing, as I said, sporadically over the last few years. But, but since I reached out to God, I, I discovered slash acknowledged that this is absolutely what I was meant to do with my life. Hmm. And when I, when I post a book, I, oh, by the way, oh, here's another thing I want to say. I, I, um, I, I gave up on Amazon. And I shouldn't say anything negative about Amazon. It seems like they practically rule the world. But there were, some, there were some hiccups with some of my other books. So I found another platform. And this is, this is what I want to recommend to, to your listeners. If, if anybody wants to do this, if you want to write a book, I highly recommend Draft to Digital. It is, it is super easy to use. I didn't need any. It took me all of five minutes to post my first book with, with that platform. I know they're not paying you. And it's free. And what they do is they springboard your books to other platforms. So all of my books are available on seven or eight different key platforms, like there's Barnes & Noble and Kobo and Apple and a few others. And I found another website called Poster My Wall, postermywall.com, and that's how I design my book covers. It's only over the last year or so that I've actually added covers to most of my books. And again, it's free. It's super fun to use. And so, yeah, that, that's that. You know, this, this, is, this is my life now. I'm manifesting more now over the last three years of my life than during the first 53 years hmm. of my life. And, and it's absolutely worth it. And the hmm. feeling I have about myself now is... is so much better than what it was before because i have something that i can point to and say well you know what i i did this and you might think that it's total garbage but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) great the point is i think that all of us need to feel that our lives have purpose right and and if, if our purpose is just to pay the rent and to pay the bills and to have enough money on the weekend to buy a six pack of beer if you're happy with that if you're happy with living your life that way that's fine because we have free will. But if you're not happy, and my hallucination is that most of us are not, most of us are not happy living that way because just living for the sake of instant gratification is no way to live. It was certainly no way to live for me. Mm. So, so just to, be true to, to yourself. Yeah. Don't be afraid of who you are, right? Yeah, Love that's, yourself. That's and, true. And I agree with that. Take, take advantage of all this technology. It's sorry to swear. It pisses me off when people my generation have nothing positive to say about this technology. I just want to. If I was living in the 1970s and I was writing these books, I'd be be banging away on an electric typewriter (laughs) with having to change the ribbon and the paper and put my stuff in a mailbox where we'd probably wind up in somebody's fireplace's kindling. I, I thank God for this technology. I thank God for all these brilliant people who who created this stuff. That, that that provides a tremendous opportunity, you know, for people like myself who have been kind of been kind of flapping our wings aimlessly in life. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so the advice is never give up on your dreams and just follow them. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. And, um, have, and have and have fun along the way. That makes sense, and right? I agree. I agree to that, yeah. John. Thank- and if it's not fun, then maybe you should be doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> John, right? it's, it's John, and it's been good talking to you. Thank you for sharing Thank your you journey. I'll make sure Thank I put in the links on the description after I post edit. But thank, thank you. you so much. And so if it carries on being positive for you. Thank you.
You too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was The Journey, hosted by Wise Words Imaging, hosted by David Hackett. Be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon.